Welcome to this episode of Mind Your Business Mills County. I'm Todd Studer, and we are joined today by Glenwood Area Chamber of Commerce Director Rachel Reese. For the last time that I get to say that, Rachel, because uh, today is Wednesday. Your last day is Friday, correct? Actually, Thursday. Your last day is Thursday. Yes. Oh, that's sad. I know. But it is also exciting because the committee has made a uh, announcement that someone has been hired for the position that you are vacating. Yes, they hired Jenny Rubick, and she used to be with like construction. And Jenny has been in this community for a very, very, very long time and just has a lot of connections and comes with a very much a business development background, but also a marketing background. She's her own small business owner as well. And so I think that what she brings to the table will be phenomenal. How has the transition been then? Because I know that she's probably had a lot of questions for you. Yes. So um, we have begun the transition of kind of getting her trained and set. Um, It's a lot of downloading everything that I've kept in my brain into a giant binder that will be now affectionately known as her Bible. And so just getting her on board to the point where she feels comfortable and how everything is going to flow. So. What about you? How, how is your comfort level right now? I, I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional. I have a lot of mixed emotions. Like I, there's some things that I feel like are unfinished because, I mean, when I came on board a year into it, we hit a flood. And then we had a pandemic and we weren't even out of a flood. So there are a lot of things that we didn't get to do that I wanted to do. But um, I'm excited for the next step, but also sad to be leaving. Very sad. Let's talk about some of those steps that you went through, such as with, uh, well, let's just start with the flood. Because you obviously, when you took the position, had some ideas of how you wanted things to go. And suddenly, a new dynamic was introduced. And you had to readjust. What was that learning process like? You know, I've never uh, led a disaster recovery before. I've, I've never um, led any sort of communication efforts around dealing with disasters. So it was very much just jumping in and saying, yes, let's do this. It's the right thing to do. We need to be the ones that are part of this leadership committee to make sure that people are taken care of. Um, and that's really how I've always lived my life in general is – if it's the right thing to do, no matter how hard it is, we're going to do it. And um, I think for the most part, that really kind of helped define us as somebody that is willing to be a leader and step into the fray and speak up for what's right, especially for the business community and especially for people that um, might not feel like they always have a voice. And so I think that really set the tone of how I lead and how I wanted the chamber to be. Um, and so in some ways, it was a blessing. In some ways, it was just a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, how did you know what that right thing to do was? It's, I don't, you probably didn't have a lot of experience with dealing with a flood. Yeah, I think um, how I looked at it and kind of when we first heard the news that a flood was happening, um, we were having our kegs and eggs event and um, we had people that were actually on a 5K run. And we had emergency management coming in saying like people need to get back i'm like i don't know how much quickly how much quicker they can actually get back because they're running and they're not going to go like super fast um and so 
at that point, it was a lot of conversations with my board, with Tana, and really looking at what is our role? Because we knew we had to play a role. Um, there, there was... I think that when you have a lot of people in the fray, there was just a lot of miscommunications, not a lot of clarity. And so we stepped into it as it's our job to create clarity. It's our job to really make sure that people understand what the next steps are. And it's our job to make sure that people feel like there's transparency and that they're being heard and understood. So that meant leading town hall meetings. That meant making sure that all of the resources were under one roof and fighting for that to happen. And so, I mean, I think we've talked about this a lot, a lot in that you don't always know what the right step is or the right next step is until you take that next step. And it was just a lot of stepping out on faith and recognizing that these people deserve to be supported. These businesses deserve to be supported. And that's really what we just stayed with. Did you feel that you had any semblance of control of it at all before the pandemic hit? No, Um, because when the pandemic hit, we were starting the rebuilding process. And so the Mills County Disaster Coalition was formed after that, and we co-lead that. And that was really to start funneling resources so people could start to rebuild their homes if they wanted to come back to the Pacific Junction area. And we were just beginning to kind of wrap our arms and our ideas around what that looked like and what that was. And again, on Kex and Higgs weekend, (laughs) there's a theme here. (laughs) There's an absolute theme. Um, On that weekend, we, the world shut down. Everything changed. And I don't think any of us even knew or expected what was going to come in the next two years. Well, and it's been over two years now since that happened. And... Hindsight, obviously, is a whole lot easier to see than it is when you're standing there at the beginning and you're getting initial information that, you know, the the different organizations were getting out the information that they had, but they didn't even have a full picture of it. I mean, if you remember right, we were told to let our groceries sit before we put them away or everything had to be sterilized. We didn't have any idea uh, of, of what was happening, and it was a learning process all the way through. Personally, I don't look at that as, you know, the experts were wrong or something like that. They just didn't know, so they're doing everything that they can do to try to err on the side of caution. Everybody's trying to make the best choices and the best advice and give the best advice that they can with the information that they had at the time. And at the time, it was, it was all new. Nobody's been through a pandemic before. Nobody knew how to address this. I mean, nobody expected an entire country to shut down, an entire world to shut down. And trying to navigate and, again, do what's right doesn't always feel good because you're trying to tell businesses how to pivot. What does that look like? Trying to touch base and make sure that everybody is semi-emotionally healthy um, during a time when their finances are non-existent at that point. So I think it was just a really difficult hit for us all to take. And I think that the effects of that are still happening. And, yes. and I, don't, I don't think that we have, we fully realize everything that's going to happen because of uh, what we had to do. And 
everyone isolating and staying home and and there's still that going on at this point and, oh, yeah. uh, some folks are still working from home and it's it's very easy to play Monday morning quarterback with all of this. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a position where you have to make some decisions, such as, I mean, from your office, you had to make some decisions and you had to make some recommendations and it's not an easy thing to do. You know, leadership is not an easy task, especially I think that everybody wants, when you're in those situations, it's really easy to point the finger and say like, oh, you, you handled that wrong or we, we should have done this better. We should have done this more. Reality is, is that I've made the decisions I could in the best way I could possibly do and the decisions that I personally could live with. And um, hindsight, would I go back and change something? Sure. I probably would adapt a little bit better. I would have pivoted more and tried to figure out different avenues for funding for businesses. But at the time, nobody, everyone thought two weeks max and we're going to be fine and out of this. They talked about that a lot. Two weeks to flatten the curve. You, yeah, heard, you heard that all absolutely. over. Absolutely. And so for us, it was really at that point when it went past the two weeks, it was how do we actually create longevity and change the way we do business? And I think for a lot of chambers of commerce across the nation, a lot of us were looking at that just changed the entire dynamic of what a chamber of commerce does, right? Because the primary thing of what we do is bring people together to connect over business. And um, a lot of that is done in person. So it's it's figuring out how do we do our jobs and how do we build these relationships, but do them in a way that you're not face-to-face anymore. You're texting, you're calling, you're on Zoom. And it just feels different and it looks different. And I'm very much a person where I prefer in person because I prefer to read people's body language and kind of see what their facial expressions are. It's really hard to do on Zoom and hard to get comfortable with that. So a lot of people freeze up over Zoom and you just don't know whether or not that's going to translate. So it was a very interesting time and it it was not an easy time to be a leader for anybody, I don't think. So... Where do you think things are right now? I mean, we have a, a, a new executive director coming in. Is this something that she's still going to have to deal with? Is there still uh, remnants of it? I think for the Chamber of Commerce, yes. I think um, it's, it's a lot of rebuilding for us. Um, I think that as we enter into a time where everybody is looking at their finances and everybody is figuring out, like, how do, how do we maintain our business and stay afloat, knowing that you're probably – everything is costing you 20% to 100% more than what it did last year. Um, We're taking the same hits because we're also the first thing cut because we're a chamber of commerce. And so I think that my, my ask to everybody in this transition is that you hold and that you realize that the chamber of commerce is there for you. They are there to work for you, advocate for you, make sure that you are supported, make sure that you are understood and heard. And I would continue to double down on that and realize that Jenny has a vision for what this is going to look like. And she is going to put her own spin on things and you're going to adapt and it is going to be even stronger than what it was before. And moving forward, we will learn more about her because I'll have a chance to sit down and we can record some of these podcasts with her. And it's going to be, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's, I, I like meeting people regardless of the situation. So oh, yeah. And she's it. phenomenal. So you, you guys will get along just fine. Well, let's talk about you now with uh, your transition out and 
I, I asked you before we got started, are you taking any of your own time? And uh, <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I am taking a day um, just because it's my husband's and my anniversary. So I feel like we should probably spend some time together. Um, but no, I think, uh, again, like many places, Jenny Ed Foundation has been hit with um, some just recruitment and position issues and staffing issues and so they're shorthanded as well um and again never one to shy away from work and so I'm diving in right away and I'm excited too but it's also still very nerve-wracking to get started and going how for me anytime that I started a new job and it didn't even matter if I already knew the mechanics of it I my background being radio, I worked at a lot of different radio stations. That's the way the industry works. There was never a time that, as I described it, opened up a new microphone that I wasn't just crazy nervous. Now, I, I've made my living talking into microphones, uh, you know, for a very long time. But any time that I did a new one, it was, there was always nerves attached. And I would guess it's going to be the same for you. There's a lot of things as you're going into this new position. You can, the skills you can take with you but it's all brand new. So the running joke that my family and I have is that like I, I operate at a high level anxiety always. Like I think that I portray this uber calmness, but I am not calm. There's so much anxiety underneath. And the running joke is that anytime I start a new job, usually a month to two weeks before the job starts, I start to get super anxious about whether or not they even have access to a refrigerator so I can put my lunch in the refrigerator. These are the things that cause me panic. I don't know why. It's just something that like I fixate on. So that's the thing I'm panicking about. Not whether or not I can actually do the job, but whether or not I'll have a place for my lunch. And it's so random and so ridiculous. Okay, I don't feel nearly as sorry for you now. <laughs> but you should, because <laughs> the level of anxiety about a refrigerator is high. <laughs> well, on behalf of everyone uh, that has had a chance to work with you, uh, thank you for everything that you've done. Uh, thank you for your dedication. And obviously, you're not going to be a stranger. We've had this conversation before. You're not leaving. No. You're, you're, you're not moving out of your house. You're still going to be here. People will still see you at the grocery store. And um, Jenny Ed is still a member, so I'm still going to be involved in the <laughs> chamber. Like It's going to be okay, folks. <laughs> she is Rachel Reese, and for one last time, Executive Director of the Glenwood Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you very much. Uh, again, not just for today, but for everything, and we look forward to the future. 